Welcome in, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Welcome back in, I should say. Another episode of the Impact Is Zone. Let me just say, before we get too far into this, it is a fun time to be in East Lansing. It is a fun time to be a Spartan. And if you're listening to this, you probably know why. But Trent Bally here, Brennan Shabath, my guy joining us. Luke Sloan, uh, not available today. We're two men strong. We're down Sloan, but that's okay. We had to hop on here and give you some thoughts about the monumental upset over Ohio State for the Spartans. But Brennan, how you doing today? I'm doing great. You know, it's... It's so You're, warm out. It is warm out. It is so nice. and It's like mid-40s, but exactly. it feels amazing. I, I'm wearing shorts and short sleeves. That's, that's the one benefit of Michigan weathers is that it gets really cold, but it gets above 40 degrees. I'm going tanning. I'm about yep. to go to the beach. I don't know what, but yeah, I love it. But how about Luke misplanning his calendar to not yeah. be here to discuss this big win over Ohio State? I know. He would be giddy. He, he would, would be tooting be, his horn more than we ex- would. Especially because the optimism train, he's been he's the, been all on it. What does it. he call it? The optimism oh, caucus? The caucus, yes. Yeah, well, Sloan, yes. we miss you. Sloan dog, as, yes, I, as I affectionately call him. Of course. But Shrimp Bailey, Brennan Shabath, we are here, members of the men's basketball beat. We've got plenty of stuff to talk about today, and by plenty of stuff, I really just mean we got to recap one huge game. Uh, a lot of talking points nonetheless, though. Let's talk about this beautiful chaos that is un- un- unfolding with the Spartan Dogs. Michigan State absolutely guts out a monumental win over number four Ohio State on Thursday, defeating the Buckeyes 71-67. to Aaron Henry had a very, very impressive stat line, 18 points on 7-for-11 shots, four boards, four assists, three blocks, two steals, 33 minutes. Probably would have played more, but he got in some foul trouble early after a quick nine points. I thought he was going to drop 40 in that game. Um, other than that, everyone ate. I can't really go through the whole box score because no one wants to hear that. But, you know, essentially Josh Langford had eight points, including an extremely clutch late mid-range jumper, four boards, five assists. Mark- Marcus Bingham Jr. also stood out. He had eight points, five boards, a block, and a steal. Uh, seven players on the Spartans scored five points or more. Nine out of the ten players who saw the floor uh, scored, Thomas Kithier being the one that did not. But uh, as, as far as Ohio State goes, EJ Liddell dropped 18 points, grabbed eight boards. Dwayne Washington was 17. Justin Arns held scoreless. That was you know, I, 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 that, was, that was That was huge. Now, I know he didn't take that many shots, but he played 20 minutes and was a non-factor. So, Brendan, I guess on the surface level, this one came down to who, wa- who wanted it more, essentially, who made more late-game plays and everything. The Spartans really didn't take a lead or take control until – minute and a half left. So mm-hmm. let me just ask you, on a scale 1 to 10, how impressed were you with this Ohio State win? I mean, 1 to 10, definitely 8 and higher, probably 9, because the Illinois win was big because it was it showed that Michigan State can dominate for 40 minutes. They didn't, right. they didn't lead for the first five minutes, and then after they got the lead, they didn't give it back, and it was an all-around 40-minute performance. The Ohio State game showed that they can gut it out, and they, they got down by 9 two separate times. Could have rolled came, over. Easily, very easily. When you get down by 9, 8, 10, something like that, that's where you're on the scale, and it's either going to lean left and you're going to roll over or right, and you're going to come back and play like dogs. And, boy, they did that. And I am just obsessed with the way Aaron Henry not only is playing right now but is leading this team. I mean, he's hit three great quotes after Indiana, Illinois, and Ohio State. And a game that's coming up like Maryland, we'll get to that later, but – it's a game that after these two wins against Illinois and Ohio State, fans would usually worry that a team gets hung over. And I worry about that too. I worry about that for a lot of these guys. But just the way Aaron Henry's been talking, I mean, he said fish swim all day. You know, don't applaud a fish for swimming. Spartans have, have won before. Don't right. applaud us for winning. 
it, he just doesn't seem like he has a mindset like, oh, you know, we beat Ohio State. I'm going to look over Maryland. It, it just seems like he's ready to play every single night. No, and the funny thing is I, I think people forget too often that they're 20-year-old kids just like we are, uh-huh. really. Yeah. You know, they see this stuff on social media, whether mm-hmm. or not they're, like, super active on social They hear what people are saying. Yeah. They understand that there's more work to be done here if they want to make the tournament and keep that streak alive for Tom Izzo. But, um, you know, just to, to answer the question, I guess, I would say eight or higher as well. You know, anytime mm-hmm. you go 10 out of 10 when you're impressed with something, it seems like it should be, like, you know, a triple-double in Game 7 of the NBA Finals or something like that. But it's just, like, they, they got – you when you look at it juxtaposed with the Illinois win, right? The Illinois win, you got down five zero early, but then you go on a ten zero run and you don't ever trail the rest of the game. Yeah. So you're basically just like riding that out, and you're playing well, and you're playing mm-hmm. ahead, and you're able to you know not feel that pressure as much. This Ohio State game was completely different. You mentioned it. You're down nine two different times, once in the second half, and you just basically find a way to win. Rocket Watts, you know who whose confidence has really grown. Yeah. He's gotten back to that offensive confidence that we saw. Uh, his first two, his first season here, and you know, then he he gets off to a little bit of a bad start, but he comes back in the second half with a huge, uh, huge performance. I think he had all five of his points in the second half. Yep, hit a huge three pointer, got to the free throw line. He did what he had to do, and that type of resilience, I think, is a microcosm of how this game went because there were plenty of times the Spartans could have just rolled over, said, "Okay, this team's a top five team in the country. We're playing here. Uh, we got them at home. We played them tough. We're gonna get credit for that." No, they gutted it out and they got the win. And and, and like we said, they did, they didn't even take control until the last like minute and a half, two minutes. Yeah. So it doesn't matter, man. You got to just hang in there. You got to hang tight. And I know Ohio State was a man down, but overall, I, w- I would also say I was eight or eight or nine in terms of yeah. on a scale of one to ten how impressed I was with this one. So and I guess I want to s- go for it. Well, the thing that I just want to talk about Rocket Watts and Gabe Brown for a second. The thing that impressed me the most about Rocket Watts was. He came back after a really good Illinois game and a decent Indiana game, and it's not going to show up. Well, it does show up on the box score. It's actually one for ten field goals is is what you'll see this in, but if you didn't watch the game, you wouldn't know it. When Henry and Langford got in foul trouble early in the first half, for the, for the remaining seven minutes of the first half, neither of them touched the floor, and that's a crucial spot for Michigan State because that's where Ohio State goes. Hell yeah, let's let's run, you right. know, and that's where they, they go up and because Henry's the best defender on Michigan State, Langford's a knockdown shooter who defends pretty well, and Ohio State really fumbled an opportunity there to take a big lead. They only had a five point lead at half, but Rocket Watch steered the ship that is Michigan State through those stormy waters beautifully. He didn't get a lot of shots to fall, and I think that was because he was heavily guarded. Due to the fact that Josh Langford and Aaron Henry are right. on the floor, he draws the attention of the best defender. He became the is... only option on the floor that could create for himself. Exactly, and he ran the point. He took some shots, and he he didn't make any, and they were heavily contested, you know. But I, I was really impressed by the way his demeanor and staying calm and keeping. Obviously, you know, he didn't will Michigan State to a lead at halftime and stuff. But to be within five yeah. after playing like that, and Henry and Langford go out for the final seven minutes, you really can't ask. For much more than that, for the number four team in the country, and then we talked about it pregame and on the podcast before. Gabe Brown would be a huge factor, and he was one for two from deep, four for six from the floor, eleven points. He didn't play in that first game against Ohio State. Eleven points—that's a six-point loss to Ohio State if Gabe Brown is there and plays like that, you know. So, and and I was enthralled to see Michigan State play the defense that they did because yes, EJ Liddell finishes with eighteen points and eight boards, right? Yep. You look at his free throws. 
10 for 12 from the free throw line, yeah. 4 for 13 from the field. EJ Liddell was shut down for the first half, and that's exactly what Michigan State needed to do. They did it with Kofi Coburn. They did it with Luca Garza. Trace Jackson Davis had his way. But Michigan State is proving that when it really needs to, it can shut down a big, shut them down enough to where they can get the lead and, and come away with the win. And, you know, Zed Key had a good first half, shut down in the second half. Yeah. You know, and EJ Liddell, I think, was the beneficiary of some questionable whistles, I think, uh, especially late in the game. Yes. But um, the way Michigan State defended him was was really tremendous. I thought Marcus Bingham had a really good game. Julius Marble played well. Joey Hauser was clutch again. It was it was you said everybody ate. It really was an all around team performance. You can't put it any other way, really. I know it's cliche, like everybody eats. They did. If yeah. you really go look at the box score, like I said, nine out of the ten guys who played scored, which isn't super uncommon, but it's just like you know, seven guys at five points or more. Exactly. And when your leading scores, Aaron Aaron Henry with eighteen, it's not exactly like exactly that doesn't jump out at no, you. No, every everyone did their part. And that is why, like, where I'm so impressed with this win because as you're getting close to March, like, it, it may as well be March now because the way this team is playing and the way we've been used to, we're accustomed to seeing Michigan State play in March in the past. What month is it? You know what I mean? Exactly. So, uh, I, I guess I want to spin the question a different way at you, Brendan. Which win was more impressive for the Spartans? Was it the win over Illinois on Tuesday or was it the win over Ohio State on Thursday? See, this is a tough question because they both have counterparts that are equally impressive in my opinion. I think the win and, over... And both at home. So you yeah. can't necessarily look at like, oh, they gutted this Away, out on the road. Yeah. yeah. Um, both at home, two games in three days. Now, we talked about this, you and me, over text. I, I, I tried to look for it on Google, couldn't find it. I'm really curious when the last time an unranked team beat top five teams in back-to-back games and then in two and three days. Yeah. I mean, that's a... a Phenomenal feat that in to college me basketball is, history. That to me is the most impressive thing about this, and about I really have to give Tom Izzo his flowers for that because yep. that's why he wanted to reschedule these games and keep going yeah. because he knows that even on one day of prep, he and his guys can get can get it done. Yeah. So you really have to applaud him for that. And that's when that's what impressed me about the Ohio State game was. So I'll, I'll start with Illinois. The impressive thing about Illinois to me was, like I mentioned, it was a forty-minute performance. Aaron Henry went off. He was the best player on the floor the entire game. Josh Langford played tremendous defense, was a leader by example with 16 rebounds. Gabe Brown had a good game. Rocket Watts played really well managing the point guard spot. And they played for 40 minutes and beat a top-five team that's really good and, in my opinion, was a Final Four favorite. The thing that's impressive about the Ohio State game was that two days later, after being this high off of Illinois, off of an Illinois win, they did it again. To, to, to come back, it's so easy for a team to do that, to beat a top-five team, be like, okay, yeah, and... As a journalist and as a fan, it felt like, okay, they, they had a close win against Indiana. Nice. They played tremendous against Illinois. Can they do it again? I don't know. Maybe they had a night. Maybe they just had one night. This team really hasn't instilled confidence in me for three games. That was the first time in the season they've won three games in a row since the non-conference right. schedule. They haven't done that in the Big Ten. So to do that, to end that sh- losing streak and you know basically get rid of all the questions and all the hurdles like that, in the fashion that they did in a close game where they were down most of the game, I think the Ohio State win is more impressive for that reason. I would also agree with you. Um, I think the reason that the Illinois win was impressive, as you said, was I think Illinois is actually a little more talented. I think Illinois uh, is better I, than Ohio and State, I, yeah. I don't think that's a hot take, really, No. Uh, you know, regardless of where they're ranked and stuff like that. Ayo Desumu essentially had 15 points in that game. Uh, yeah. He obviously got his cheap layup at the end, but the Spartans – 
you know, if that doesn't happen, they beat they beat Illinois by double digits. Mm-hmm. So that, of course, is very, very, very impressive in and of itself. And Kofi Coburn, you kind of limit him a little bit too. I think he only had thirteen, 13 I think, and thirteen and eight or something like that. Really was frustrated the yeah. whole game by how and the way Coach Izzo managed his rotation with Marble fouled out, Sissoko got ejected, Bingham had four fouls. I think Hauser or Kithier had four fouled out or something yep. like that. They were. So many fouls on Kofi Gober because he's giant. So Sulko ejected. You know? Yeah, it's that, like that was a thing in and of itself. But. Yeah, and you, you start to th- that depth starts to dwindle. The depth yeah. we talk about that is kind of a blessing and a curse for this team starts to dwindle down the stretch. And you're looking at Malik Hall like, hey, dude, you might have to be the guy here to you close this to one five. out. Yeah, but um, you know, so that that in and of itself is what made that game more impressive. But man, I think with all things considered, it's the Ohio State game that's more impressive, and it's not close because that was two days or. Yeah, a day later, basically, two days later, you get one day to prep for them. You welcome them in. And, yeah, I understand it could be like a trap game for Ohio State, but it was a trap game for Illinois, too, mm-hmm. and whoever wants it more is going to win. And and this team is fighting like their lives depend on it because they do. And the reason it's a trap game is because Michigan State took advantage of it. It's not a trap game if Michigan State, like Iowa, exactly. get, gets rolled over and loses by 30. You know, right. that the, What makes it a trap game is the fact that the team you're going to play is ready to play and going to beat you if you don't bring your best and you know I thought Dwayne Washington played well he had 17 points but in the second half Michigan State really quieted him down quite a bit they, specifically they really too in that last sequence yeah. the last 30 seconds and that's when, when a player State... like him is most dangerous exactly and and that that to me that's another thing I was going to touch on with this Ohio State game and why it's so impressive to me because the Spartans were able to Shut down the buck, the Buckeyes late in that one. I mean, and four it, minutes without scoring, and that's when it mattered, or without a field and goal. That I was say. that was the difference. Yep. You know what I mean? So, um, you just have to give them immense amount of credit for that. And both wins are impressive. So now, you know, they're starting to buff up that resume a little bit. And now, as Quite you said, I think you know a few minutes ago, uh, as we record here, Joe Lenardi has the uh, the Spartans in the next four out. Is that correct? They have them in the last four in. Last four in. Right now, if the tournament started today, according to Joel Lenardi, Michigan State would play in the NCAA tournament. So we obviously have some big picture stuff to talk about. Um, but I have one more question I want to ask you about, you know, where where things stand right now before we get into the future. Foster Lawyer, doubtful to return this season with his shoulder. Uh he's missed every game since the Purdue game, I believe. Did he play against Indiana? I no, don't he, think he so, didn't no. play against Indiana. So by the way, that Indiana game is looking like a hell of a springboard. Yeah, well, I mean, really, when you look at it now, because like you said, three, and Indiana's keep, kept losing since then. They have, and, and and Trace Jackson Davis is doing his thing, but the team itself and Archie Miller is Archie Miller's seat a little hot. Do you think? I sure hope so. Okay, if good. I'm Indiana, because to have the thing about it is Indiana's guards haven't played that well. They've got a lot of talent though there with Armand Franklin and Trace Jackson Davis and some of these other guys, and just the fact that they've been so lackluster. I mean, they've had. They beat Iowa twice. They beat Iowa twice. Right. They've gotten puffed so by the other teams like North. They, yep. they lost to Northwestern. They got pummeled today by Michigan. Right. You know they've they have the skill and we. I was talking about this actually today about Michigan State hockey who just lost for a game that I just called uh, in reference to Danton Cole's seat, who's their head coach. When you have a team that's as skilled like this and has the pieces but just doesn't play well together, yeah. that's coaching. That's all it is. So it I is. think I think his seat is definitely hot. That's the missing link. So, uh, yeah, this isn't, you know, we're not going to psychoanalyze everything going on in the Indiana Hoosiers pro- organization pro- program. I was going to say program. I was going to say process, and then I was like organization, whatever. Uh, I'm a mess. Anywho, what I was getting at, Foster Lawyer has not played in three games, and he's doubtful to return this season with a shoulder injury. That kind of has trimmed this rotation down. It's been a built-in 
uh, change almost for the yeah. Spartans. They've been forced to go more to Rocket at point, as you mentioned, forced to play A.J. Hogarth a little more. But ultimately, you know, those are minutes. You know, Foster Lawyer was playing 20 minutes a game that you open up for some of these other guards. So how sustainable is that, Brennan? How do you feel about it? And should Rocket Watts continue to start in his place? I really like the way Rocket has been doing lately starting. And I mean, you know, it didn't work at the beginning of this season, and I condemned it right here on this podcast in this very studio, the Rocket Watts at point guard experiment. I did too. I'm flipping my game right now because – it's, you know, March and college basketball and just this sport is about, you, you said it before we went on, before we went live, is what have you done for me lately? Yep. And right now it's working. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Keep it going. A.J. Hogarth is still playing well as a backup. And the thing about Foster Lawyers, I said on the last podcast, you never want anybody to be hurt, obviously. Of course not. Yeah. You always want these kids to have the most opportunities they can to play. But Foster Lawyers' best component that he brings to this team is his leadership. Yep vocally as exactly. well and he can still do that he was there were videos on twitter of him and tom Izzo pointing out on the floor coaching players i mean Foster that was something Lawyers, i noticed in that ohio state game specifically he's he's so involved in what's happening vocal. on the floor and yep. he's so engaged and like that kind of stuff you can't take it for granted yeah and and he can still despite not playing he can still do that and i just think he's not the same type of playmaker the same type of defender correct and of Especially this season, he hasn't been the same type of shooter that we've been used to. So I think, you know, the fact that he's hurt is is terrible and you don't want that. And, and you know, we wish that he can get back as soon as possible. But I don't think it's extremely detrimental to Michigan State's rotation and play style. Well, you hate to say blessing in disguise because it's not a blessing when someone gets hurt. But it just is, you know, in a big picture, and I think he would even tell you this, it's helping the team. Mm-hmm. And it is helping move this team forward. Look what's happened since not since he got hurt. I don't want to say I don't want to frame it he's, that way. Yeah, he's but not since the he's reason been, right. that they're succeeding. He's it's, just it's, a, a component. It's like, and again, I don't even want to say addition by subtraction either, because it's not like he was the reason you were losing. Like you just exactly. said, it's not. It's just. It's simply that Rocket Watts gets more minutes. AJ Hogard gets more minutes, and this team just looks sharper and better on offense and def- really both sides of the ball. And maybe, and maybe that's just exactly what. Watts and Hogard needed, you know, maybe Watts just needed a little bit more time out there. A little bit of a point, boost. yeah. So I, I, I completely concur with with what you said. But now, Brennan, let's talk about some big picture stuff because I'm sure that's what everyone's itching to hear right now. College basketball is insane for it's one. It's off, it's off the chain right now, and it's fantastic for fans like us and members of the media who get to cover this chaos, and it's fantastic. Um, March is two days away, but what does this win for the Spartans over Ohio State? compounded with the Illinois win. What does that mean for the Spartans? How much does that impact their resume? It shows the committee the advantage to having a team like Michigan State in the tournament because the Ohio State game, in my opinion, this year is a top five college basketball game this year. Game of the year is probably Michigan versus Ohio State. We can ask those of you that know former impactor Joe Dandron, uh, watched a game with me, Georgia Tech versus Georgia State earlier in the year that went into four overtimes that I think is another candidate for a top three game of the year. There's been some other great games out there. But this Ohio State-Michigan State game was a really – it was sloppy basketball, but players made plays. And it was and, fun and to watch. It was, it was really entertaining. It was yes. it was a blast to be there and to watch, and and I, I think it's up there. And it just – you know, as far as – you know, the, the only reason – I, I, I want to make this clear to the people listening. The only reason this tournament is happening is because it's going to make money. Yep. You know, it's it's and you can't go two years without that. Exactly. Realistically, you know, 
these kids probably shouldn't be playing in, in this time and stuff like that as far as health standards go and fans and stuff like and they that. They sacrifice a lot too. Exactly. And so it's only fair that we've played this regular season, they get to play in the postseason, and it's going to make the NCAA a lot of money. So that's one of the main reasons that they are having the tournament. But Michigan State brings a lot of viewers to the TV now because they've proven that they can have exciting games with teams that on paper they don't match up to. That realistically, they shouldn't have a shot to beat. Realistically, Michigan State goes 0-2 the past two games, and we're sitting here talking about recruits and next year and summer and all this stuff. But now, they've proven that they can hang with these guys when it matters the most. And when it matters the most is when it's win or go home. Right. And that's where Michigan State essentially excels the best. So, I think that's a big plus in the committee's eyes is Michigan State has proven that they're able to hang with these top teams. So, if they get in as an eight seed and win the first game of the tournament and then play a number one seed, There's there might be an upset brewing there because yep. they, they've proven that they can hang with these guys. Say they say they get in as an eight seed and play Michigan in the second game, who they've already seen twice, maybe won one, maybe lost both, whatever it is, you know, you don't know, maybe saw them in the Big Ten tournament, something like that. Maybe they get a Baylor team, you know, something. It, it's There's a lot more possibilities with this Michigan State team now. Let me ask you, Brennan, I, this is just kind of off off the cuff a little bit. Who is that fourth one seed for you right now, You know, assuming Gonzaga, Baylor, and Michigan hang on? Oh, my God. I mean, it's so tough because there's so many teams. Florida State was a candidate. They look like they're going to lose right now. Houston is up there. Houston's in the American Conference, though, and they still have three losses this season. What Iowa's do you feel about Oklahoma? Well. How do you feel about Oklahoma? Oklahoma just lost the other day, though. I, I like them as a team. I do. I really think they can have a far run. I just don't think the committee's going to put them there. What about Illinois? Obviously, the loss to MSU hurts a lot, but they've got an opportunity to upset Michigan. And here's the thing, though. Is Dosumu going to be back for that game? Not sure. If Dosumu is back and Illinois hangs with Michigan or beats them, I think they're they're probably a one seed? that fourth one seed. Ohio State was actually projected as a one seed, right. despite the loss to Michigan State. Yeah. Um. So they're still, according to Lenardi, a one seed. Uh, West Virginia, they've been playing well lately. They're still up there. Villanova, Huggy. Alabama. Um. Yeah. Obviously, there's a lot. There's a lot that still yeah. needs to happen in conference tournaments and whatnot. It's, it's, but I'm just, I'm just trying to picture this in my head because I'm trying to think. You know, I don't realistically think Michigan State could beat Baylor in the second round. I don't realistically think they could beat Gonzaga. And so I, I'm trying I think to think. Is, I think you bring up a good point. This is something to worry about is who that other one seed is going to be because anywhere from 7 to 11 is realistically Michigan State's range. I think 7 is more of if they went out, go like 7 and 1 in the past, the, the final eight games or right. whatever it is. But Well, so let, let's talk about some of that then. Not yeah. to cut you off, but I, I think this is going to help jumpstart some of that conversation. Here's what the Spartans' schedule looks like the rest of the way. They go at Maryland, which you know we just we're going to preview in a little bit here. That's that's tomorrow as we record Sunday. Um, then you get Indiana at home, and then you have your home and home with Michigan the first game at the Chrysler Center, the second game here in East Lansing. So, what do you think the Spartans do down the stretch? What what's the record over these final four games? I think they at least pick up two wins. I don't know which ones though because. This is a Maryland team who's who's a tough team to go beat. And, yeah. you know, Maryland's been playing well lately, and they got to go at Maryland. I mentioned that Aaron Henry's got a great mindset, but that doesn't mean this team might not have a hangover, you know? Right. This and, team has had games where Aaron Henry's balled out and the team hasn't showed up. Exactly, exactly. It's, I mean, that was the entire season up until this point, essentially. Maryland's off, Maryland's off of four wins in a row. Now, their, their last win over a, a, a really good team probably is Purdue, 
Um, I mean, they just beat Rutgers by 11 the other day back on Sunday. But, you know, Maryland hasn't played in a week, so I think that's an advantage for Michigan State. I think it's going to be closer than fans and people are going to be happy about in Maryland. I think Michigan State's going to come away with the win. It's the Indiana game that scares me in yeah. East Lansing the most because the two Michigan games, I'm a, I'm a big candidate for, you know, throw out the record books. It's a rivalry game. You never know what's going to happen. And I think Michigan State's proven that against Ohio State and Illinois. Screw what's happened before. It's about what happens tonight. Yep. And um, it's the Indiana game that worries me because Indiana is so 50-50 about how they're going to play. I mentioned they It's beat, night and day. They beat Iowa twice, and they've lost to Northwestern by a lot. They just got pummeled by Michigan on a mm-hmm. game that they – Indiana can't suffer much, many more losses. Right now they're not supposed to make the tournament. They've lost three games in a row. Yeah. And so the Hoosiers are, are a scary one that – Maybe they come to East Lansing and wake up like, oh, we can't lose anymore. We have to win. And they ball out and go crazy. So I see at least two wins. I don't know what two. I think realistically Michigan State goes 2-2 two and two after beating Maryland and Indiana. And then, you know, obviously there are some things that – some kinks that have to be worked out for the Big Ten tournament. I think Michigan State can really benefit themselves by at least hanging on to the nine seed. Minnesota needs to keep losing. Um, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll clarify that now for – the listeners at home, before the Ohio State game, Joel and Artie had 10 Big Ten teams in the tournament. Michigan State was ranked 10th in, or was 10th in the Big Ten standings, but not in the tournament. So I started doing some digging and was like, well, what the hell? Why isn't if there's 10 Big Ten teams? Shouldn't the 10th one be in? Right. Minnesota was 11th, but Minnesota has wins over Iowa, Michigan, Michigan Ohio State, Purdue, and the Spartans by a, a lot, by Gosh, almost yeah, 30. I forgot about that one. And so Minnesota has a better win resume than Michigan State or had one until Michigan State beat Ohio State and Illinois. Minnesota's lost a couple in a row, though. Michigan State needs them to keep losing so they can move up in the standings and get a little room between those two records. But, yeah, I think Michigan State needs to go 2-2 and and at least be probably ninth for the Big Ten tournament. So, you know what? I agree with you. I think 2-2 two and two gets them in. <clears throat> I'm going to explain to you why. I think because, you know, we'll start. There's there's obviously a lot of different ways you can chop it up here. Four games left, they're going to go 2-2. Two and two is, is That's my prediction. Let's We'll start with the most unlikely. Say you lose the next two, and then you beat Michigan twice. You're going to get in. Yeah. You're just going to. Yeah. I don't care how bad the Indiana and those the, the Maryland losses look, hypothetically. If you beat Michigan twice to close out the season, you're going to get in. Yeah. Now, if they if they drop one of those two, and then like a, one win against Michigan, I think that's impressive enough to get them in. I think any win over Michigan puts them in the tournament. Right, and 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 especially after the wins against Illinois. Yes, and exactly. I or, think I think had they lost to Illinois and Ohio State, that'd be yes. a little different. But now that'd be three be wins three top over top five, five teams wins within a week and games. a half, two yeah. weeks, whatever. So that to me, and then obviously, you know, if you win these next two and then you lose to Michigan twice, no one's really going to hold that against you no. as long as you don't pull another Iowa and lose by 30. Uh, and, and I just don't yeah, see that happening, Brennan, to, because have, like you they, and I have talked about it, it's just it's a rivalry game and everyone gets up for it. And I don't, I just, I know Michigan's rolling and I know the Spartans are starting to peak a little bit. The Spartans yeah. are getting there. So these matchups are intriguing and I can't wait to talk about them as they get a little closer. Mm-hmm. But if you, do you have any thoughts on that? I think two and two gets them in however you however you slice it. I think so. I just think they have to compete in both games against Michigan. They have to prove That's that fair. they can hang with a team like that. I don't think they can lose by more than 15 uh, in either game against Michigan. I think it's got to be that close. Obviously, I mean, how great would that be for them to get a win? And, you know, right now as we sit here before these Maryland and Indiana games – 
it sure feels like there's nobody they can't beat, you know? Yeah, well, that's what I was going to bring up, too. You know, uh, th- there's one more way they can get in, obviously, and dare I say, win the Big Ten tournament. And yeah. that, that now looks like a very, uh, it, not a very good possibility, but they've got a chance going and, into this tournament. Their odds have risen cra- like crazy. And that's the beneficial thing about a tournament style is that, who knows? You know, uh, most people think, okay, to win the Big Ten tournament, you have to beat Michigan. Michigan just beat Ohio State by five. Yeah. You know, they beat Iowa pretty handedly, right. who lost Jack Nunji. And maybe you don't have to play Michigan. Exactly. Maybe someone That's else takes point. care of maybe that. Maybe someone goes crazy and then you just got to beat an Illinois team you already beat. That maybe you know Michigan gets a little complacent. Maybe Michigan is satisfied with their season. They're like, exactly. okay, we're gonna take a we're gonna you know, we're gonna take it a little easier in this Big Ten tournament. We don't care as much. I don't know. A lot of factors. And again, yeah. it's about to become March, people, so stay buckled but, in. I mean Trent, how about the polarity between two episodes ago, our first episode in person, Man, dude, to now? After that Purdue game. It looked like they had no shot to make Talk this about tournament. a 180. Because Absolutely. now I, I think there's a good shot they make it. Oh, I think I think and, and a week be, ago. It'd be pretty upsetting if they don't make it, honestly, at this point. And you're you're right, Brendan. Something that I think gets overlooked, especially this season. If the Spartans, it's better for college basketball if Michigan State's in the yeah. tournament. And I think the committee knows that, especially after a season last year where you didn't have a tournament and you had a Michigan State team that was that probably was... rolling. <laughs> just, I mean, yeah. uh, they were just, man, uh, gosh, the nostalgia. But, oh, my God. I know. It's so upsetting. I, know, I think I watched really, every second of the last five games of the year. It's the biggest what if. You know what I watched the other day? Uh, I was I was making lunch, and I, I put on the Michigan-Michigan State you were you were probably a Michigan fan back then, right? You grew up a Michigan fan. How many years? Two thousand fourteen. The uh, it was probably. on. It was it was on. I was like, right after Trey Burke. Yeah, I was Big I Ten was championship. With Trey Burke. Yeah, Big Ten championship, and it was that team with my. That's my favorite MSU team ever. It's Keith Applin, Gary Harris, Denzel Dawson, and uh, Adrian Payne. Yeah, and then Trice was the sixth man. Yeah. love that team. Yep. And then you know Michigan, they had Stauskas, Lavert, uh, Derek Walton, uh, Jordan Morgan. That, yep. Mitch McGarry, that whatever. Was it was such a good Michigan that team squad, too. And, and McGarry missed that game, but the Spartans trounced them. I, I'm I'm getting back into that mindset of like, I get hype for March. I'm watching the old yep. Michigan State games, and yep. it just starts to feel. And the weather's warming up. It's, it just it the it, everything's you know, going. The right. snow is starting to melt here. Yeah. I can see the grass. Yep. It looks terrible, but I can see it. It's like it's starting to feel like Michigan State is back. And the now, thing, now, all that goes out the window if they lose to Maryland or you know Indiana. Yeah. They got to take care of their business, yeah. and that is no shoe in game. Either one of them, they're no. going to have to fight for it. And the, the the thing that's so crazy about Michigan State playing this good now is this roster is not that different from the one 365 days ago, except with Cassius Winston and Xavier Tillman that didn't get to finish their season. Right. And I mean, talk about a what if. The craziest thing about Michigan State basketball to me is Josh Langford, Cassius Winston, Miles Bridges, Nick Ward, Jaron Jackson, all averaging double figures for the course of a season, and they lost in the second round. To Syracuse. That's Yeah. Now, granted, that Syracuse team went to the Final Four. They went four, to the Final Four. But it's as still... As like an 11th seed or whatever. Right. But that, to me, that's a bigger what-if than if the team last year got to play. No kidding. Like, like if they just get the job done against Syracuse, who stops yeah. them? I don't know, man. That's a crazy team. Every, that That's another one. They're, they were peaking at the perfect time and yep. then just kind of like that. Um, you ran into the team of destiny, which we've seen. That happened in 2014 against UConn. But not to bring up bad memories, whatever. I want to bring one thing back up, Brandon, and this isn't on the document, so forgive me. Um, if you're a Spartan fan... And I know this is going to come off really ass backwards. You you kind of want Michigan to keep rolling. Here's why. 
that that you, it's it's twofold. It's a can't lose situation for you going into these two games against Michigan in a yeah. week because it either ups their stock to the point where a win against them is even wildly more impressive than it was before, or if you lose to them twice again, it's not going to, you know, it's not going to hurt you as much because Michigan is you know They're one rolling. loss, one yeah, loss. Exactly. So, um, and I don't see Michigan losing another game. Quite frankly, I think maybe the Spartans beat them once, but we'll, you know, we'll talk about all that kind of stuff later. But I just wanted to bring that to light. Do you agree? I mean, I think if you're a oh. Spartan fan, you kind of want Michigan to keep rolling. I know that sounds terrible coming off the coming off the tongue. Yeah. People aren't going to agree with that. But for the sake of you making the tournament. And, and and the schedule you got look you're looking at, I just think that that helps you out the most. Wholeheartedly, you want Michigan to keep rolling. You want every team you've beaten to win out, essentially. Right. You, you want Illinois to win out. You yep. want Ohio, you want State, Ohio to State to win. State out. to keep winning. You want Duke to keep winning. You want Notre Dame, who's trying. That's to right. That Duke ways. win. That Duke win. I forgot to mention that. That is becoming more and more attractive. After you yes. know, in mid December, it was looking like. Duke's, Duke's playing they a big terrible. game right now. As we record this, it's six fifty on Saturday. Duke's playing a big game against Louisville. You know. Louisville was a team who was in the top 25 earlier this year. You want all the wins that you have to keep rolling. Now, obviously, Get Indiana. sexier and sexier. Indiana's a little bit of a different story because they're in the same position that Michigan State is. Now, with right. Indiana's couple losses, you kind of just hope they keep losing and just fall off the face Right, because you also have an opportunity to beat them twice. Yeah. Them, like, 2-0. But Maryland's picked up a couple wins. You want Maryland, after you beat them, to beat Northwestern and beat Penn State. So that looks good. You know, so yeah, definitely Michigan has to keep rolling. And, you know... Sue me for being a Spartan, but Michigan basketball is so much fun to watch. Well, it it they, the way they play is they definitely play. very fluid. Jawan yes. Howard knows what he's doing there. He's finally got his the guys. Fab in. vibe, according yeah, is to that, John. Is Rostin. that what they're calling that's, it? That's the Rostinism, the Fab vibe. Okay, I have no comment on that. <laughs> but man, isn't this fun going through all the going through yeah. all the hypotheticals? Best, like I said, it's February twenty seventh as we record here. It's honorary March already. Yep. Give me March. I, it's I said March. It, I said it on I said it on the cast. Shout out Luke Sloan who likes that term. I said it on the cast against Ohio State. It's after February twentieth. That counts as March for Tom. Is I would okay. agree because exactly. it's your last ten games or your yep. last eight games, whatever the case may be. Yeah. But wow, let's close the book on that one. We got, just got to let things play out at this point. Too many hypotheticals to go through. But let's talk about this Maryland matchup that the Spartans will face the Terrapins on Sunday at two p.m. They travel to the Xfinity Center. Shout out to Brendan. Uh, for giving me that uh, that that little tidbit before I couldn't remember the name of the, the arena, but uh, Brendan and Ian Gilmore will be calling that game. Two of our finest broadcasters here at WDVM Sports, so tune in. What happens in this one, Brendan? You know, this is we mentioned it earlier. This is a tough Maryland team who's picked up some nice wins this year. I mean, Maryland beat Wisconsin, they beat Illinois, they've beaten Minnesota and Purdue, two teams that uh, Michigan State couldn't beat, and and they've had some other close matchups. They were decent against Iowa. Uh, they hung in there against Indiana. They only lost by nine to Mich or by eleven to Michigan. That's pretty respectable. Yeah. Um, and that was right when Michigan was starting to look like one of the best teams in the country. And they're all four straight wins: Minnesota, Nebraska twice, and Rutgers. Rutgers was a good team too that Michigan State beat once and then got pummeled by another time. So this Maryland team is really scary. Uh, Dante Scott is a big rebounder. Eric Ayala leads them in scoring right now. And Tom Izzo talked about it in his press conference. This is a Maryland team who's in a very similar situation as. Michigan State. Michigan State loses Cassius Winston and Xavier Tillman. Maryland lost Anthony Cowan and I'm forgetting his Jaylen name. Jalen Smith. Jalen Smith. Yeah, the big tall guy. And so they're trying to claw their way. Maybe I mean Maryland's probably in the same spot that they, there's probably Maryland student broadcasters on a podcast right now saying, 
well, if they beat Michigan State and right. they beat these two teams and then they go far in the Big Ten tournament, maybe Maryland's, you know, they're in a very similar spot. They're only at 14 and 10 this year. So I think this is a really tough game for Michigan State. Obviously, there's no fans. If the Xfinity Center had fans, this would be a very different story. That place is tough to play. And it's a two it's a two-sided coin because to that same point, I don't think Illinois hangs in with the Spartans if there's if there's the Izone there and if the if oh, Breslin yeah. Center's packed, yeah. you know, a week back. It's just a crazy factor or a non-factor, I should say, this season. Mm-hmm. I mean, home advantage is is strictly that it's, it's not a thing. this year yeah. is is strictly that it's you slept your, in your own bed. It's your gym and you don't have to travel. That's the only advantage. Having yep. fans is is totally different. But, yeah, so that's where I think Michigan State is really fortunate, that they, they get to go to the Xfinity Center and not have to deal with that raucous crowd. Um, I think Michigan State wins. I think it's going to be a really close one, though. I, I, I think Spartans by five, maybe. Okay. I, I don't disagree with you, and I'll keep it pretty short, man. We have reached the point, like you said, after February 20th, I'm just not going to pick against Tom Izzo, especially after smart. what happened last week. People need to understand how impressive it was to beat two top five teams in three days. You can't understate it, or you can't overstate it. What's the what's the overstate? You can't overstate it. Yeah. Um, you can't say enough about it. So I'm just I'm gonna take the Spartans. I think this is another one that you're gonna have to gut out. I think it, you know, I don't think you pull away until maybe like two minutes left, three minutes left. I think Aaron Henry keeps it rolling with 20 plus. I think Rocket Watts finds his groove again. I like like 10 and 6 for Rocket. I like Josh Langford. A little bit of a, I don't want to say off game because he played well, Josh Langford against uh, against uh, Ohio State, but I think, you know, he finds double digits again. I just think the Spartans continue to roll and and they're going to they're going to take a lot of pressure off themselves going into that Indiana game even though, you know, they're going to have to keep the mindset and stuff, but I think by beating Maryland, that light at the end of the tunnel is very 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 bright talking about the NCAA tournament. So I think, you know, it's it's step by step and if there's one thing that Tom Izzo's great at, it's not overlooking teams and not looking too far into the future and playing every game like it's your last. So for that reason I'm going to pick the Spartans as well, Brennan. I'm going to say Spartans win by 8 points. Um but I think it's a lot closer than an 8-point game, really, quite frankly. I just think it, it ends up being an 8-point game. But are we doing legit scores here? Yeah, sure. Toss one out. You got a 5-point win for the Spartans? Five point. I'm feeling seventy one sixty six. Okay, I I'm gonna go sixty eight sixty. I think it's a I little like a little fair. less a little yeah. less scoring. It's fair. But you know the Spartans defense is firing on all cylinders, uh, specifically in like moments. You know, like uh, end of halves, end of games. Those those very crucial moments where they'll just hold teams scoreless for three minutes and it's cra- or not scoreless I mean, but without field goals. Their adjusted defense is up to fortieth in the nation. That's the best it's been since they started losing this season. So I mean they they they're they're on a roll. Yeah. So I, I again, uh, Brennan and I. Obviously, there's a lot of work that the Spartans need to do, but Brennan and I both have them making the tournament as we sit now, uh, and we'll have to reassess that with every game, whether it's win or loss. But I think that's going to do it for us today on the impact. Is and we don't have a four point play, correct? No, we do not. We're so going to come a, back to a, it. A spoiler: We don't have Luke Sloan. It here would be he, sacrilegious for us to do without Luke. Sloan. Exactly. He thoroughly enjoys the four point play. I do want to give a double shout out. We gave a shout out to. Jalen Thomas last week, who set some career highs for Georgia State. 14-7 and seven last night against South Alabama. Georgia State picks up the win. Jay was also Sunbelt Conference Player of the Week. So there you after go. After his performances. So shout Balling out Jay out. again. Friend of the podcast, as Sloan would say. JT? You call him JT? We call him Jay. Just Jay. Big Jay. Okay, Big Jay. He's 6'11". So. Shout out Big... Oh, wow. Yeah. Big Jay. Big um, Jay. So there, there we go. Uh, Spartans taking on Maryland on Sunday. Brendan and Ian Gilmore will be calling the game, as I mentioned. Stay tuned uh, to WDBM Sports on Twitter for all your game coverage. We will be back with Luke Sloan following that Maryland game, so make sure to tune in, and uh, we will see you next time.